0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. G'day, this is Luke Heggie. I'm here to introduce Midflight Brawl this week in Cody's absence. He's managed to get the sniffles. Not really my thing. All the pomp and ceremony of promoting yourself with a toothy smile and a few winks straight down the barrel of a camera, but here I am anyway, getting the job done like a normal person who doesn't have a weak constitution. He didn't even go into work. I don't want to be unfair. People do get sick. Personally, I never do. I'm self-employed. Thankfully, though, we recorded the events for this episode a few days ago. Anyway, get well soon, buddy. Hurry back. Down at Midflight Brawl HQ, we all miss you terribly. For any of you who are concerned, though, I just got off the phone with him and I think he'll pull through. He was whispering a list of his ailments, which weren't confined to a little bit of a frog in the throat. No. He also wanted everyone to know that he's got a sore back. One of his dolls got caught in the spokes and he fell off his tricycle. So uh, thanks everyone for listening and your support. Shift a few three packs of pencils this week, which was lovely, over at LukeHeggie.com, We're going to get straight into this episode uh, without any introductory banter, wisecracks, swordplay, repartee or badinage hope you enjoy episode 25. It's for the aficionados. Straight in.
1: Hey, I'm Nick Cody.
0: And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history there have been countless scuffles, melees and frackasses. When planes were invented we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out
1: of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty free and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl.
0: Mid-air madness. Passengers trading blows. Mid-air
1: brawl on board a scoot board flight from the gate. at LAX. Thrown off a flight
0: from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. Many of them have been captured on cell phones. Where's the lady that started the, the s***? talking to I hope right, this crashes... <laughs> Out the fucking door! Alright, we'll, we'll get, get stuck into this, I reckon, mate. So, we're looking at... Uh, Kingfisher Airlines, IT001, Bangalore to Heathrow, if you cast your mind back to March 26, 2009.
1: That's in. Also, Kingfisher Airlines. We just chat about oh. that quickly. Man, king of good times is their <laughs> motto. Yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's less the airline itself and more um, the parent company caught my eye. You saw this, did yeah? you? Like, yeah.
0: it operated from 2003 was
1: and was owned by United Breweries Group. Fucking hell. Pretty good. Who, <laughs> you, never, you never want a booze company. That's almost worse than a travel agency owning an airline, I reckon. Oh, I would think so, yeah. Like, in 2012, it finally folded.
0: Chairman Vijay Mallya fled to London to hide from creditors. Right. So, he's hiding. Yeah, I found him. Still in London. But... um. <laughs> Just to have a brewery doing that, it's pretty good. Just pivoting over. Get sick at brewing heaps of beer. Um, start an airline. It's fucking awesome. One nothing, of, uh, nothing wrecks, one of,
1: especially for a company that the motto is the king of good times. Fuck, nothing ruins good times more than creditors. Fucking hell. I'm trying to have a good time over here. You cunts are asking me to pay up.
0: Ah, oh, <laughs> fucking joy vacuums. Want going to spoil everybody's fun at some stage, aren't I? Oh. One of Vijay, right, Vijay Malia, one of his eight children, is uh, none other than Indian-American actor Sid Hartha Malia. Calls himself Sid. He's chosen Sid as a stage name to avoid being typecast in stereotypical roles. Instead, like many thespian types, he became a slave to his craft. His roles have included a sex comedy called Brahman Naaman, where sex-starved college kids try to find women to relieve them of their 1980s Bangalore virginity. It appears to be an Indian Revenge of the Nerds. It's on Netflix yep. now, and you're going to have to watch it after you finish Larry fucking Fuck Gay. man
1: hell. Jesus. Heggie's <laughs> <laughs> Movie Club, except I'm the. One. you just mentioned them, and then I've got to fucking watch them. Yeah. What's it called? I'll fucking write this thing down. What's called, Brahman... Brahman Naman.
0: B-R-A-H-M-A-N. Brahman N-A-M-A-N. It's on Netflix. Maybe someone else can fucking watch it and tell us about it. I'm not watching it. But um (laughs) Sid though, like above and beyond that. He's also, you know, in keeping with his (laughs) with his method acting and, you know, slave to his fucking craft bullshit. He's hosted an online video show, appeared as a guest judge on the Kingfish and Calendar Girl selection show. And yeah. worked as a model himself, so oh. stick to your guns kids, and never compromise yourself as an artist, and you too could realize your dreams see <laughs> which is doing right, which is doing doing stuff for your dad's company, yeah, pretty much, I think a lot of his he's one of those adult men whose sentences generally start with my dad um
1: <laughs> unless it <laughs> unless you're fucking doing a eulogy that yeah. should never happen. <laughs> Your dad
0: should never hear you say my dad. (laughs) Sid, right, also, when will he stop working, worked as a marketing manager for Guinness, which was closely tied to his father's business. Wow. And he also worked as director of IPL cricket team, the Bangalore Royals, which his dad
1: owned at the time. Serial pivoter. Yeah. Almost as if his dad is just sick of him laying around doing fuck all. Yeah. All right, Sid, go and do this, you lazy cunt. Well, Vijay used to own the Royal Challengers Bangalore cricket
0: team, and he is still the chairman of United Breweries, despite facing extradition by the Indian government. So, don't know how that works.
1: But um, sorry if you can hear that noise. I'm not sure if my microphone's picking it up. I think um, upstairs at our place here, my wife and son this week have decided to have a marble dropping championship. They're just. They've both got a bucket of marbles each and they're dropping them on the floor right above my fucking head. Yeah. And now they're now it sounds like they're <laughs> onto battle ropes. So there's a lot of noisy floor activities right above me. Fucking okay.
0: my headphone I can't even hear what's going on in my fucking house. Yeah. You might be able to. I've got headphones on. Um Wow, that's life, isn't it? People can fucking well deal with it. It's uh it's free. From what I can see, I've never paid for a podcast, so I assume people are getting this for free. I'm not certainly seeing a fucking cent, so people can have a bit of background noise.
1: Well, it was uh, it was nice to um, it was nice to spend all that money and write all those, the fucking hundreds of emails and spend you know close to twenty hours on the phone to get us up here to get out of stage four lockdown in Melbourne and away from that miserable weather, so they can instead of being outside just cause fucking <laughs> havoc right above where our microphones are.
0: <laughs> Man, wait till you've got kids that are a bit older. You go to the beach or something. You're like, fuck, there is miles of beach and they sit pretty much on you, on your towel. I'm like, Fuck <laughs> off. Just anywhere else but this little tiny patch of earth. It's, yeah, it's, Anyway, kids are bloody brilliant. Get into them. Anyway, United Breweries, right? I mean, yeah, it, it, they've, they've got interest themselves in. You got your dinger ready because this is quite impressive. United right, Breweries. We... They've got interest in beverage alcohol, aviation infrastructure, <laughs> real estate, and guess what else? I'll give you 1,000 guesses for the other thing <laughs> they have interest in. Goes uh, well with all of those things.
1: Hold on. So, real estate, booze, aviation.
0: Yeah. Buck, what else could it... It will surprise you, as it did me. I'll just tell you, it is, of course, fertilizer.
1: (laughs) Wow, this sounds like a $2 shop, but of a company. (laughs) Some real random shit in this place. Yeah, it's great. Corruption and
0: pivoting seem to be orders of the day for VJ, and uh, it's left some of his countrymen upset. His um VJ Malia's most recent tweet, "Happy Independence Day," elicited over six k replies. Oof! And uh, I I got a few of them translated, mostly to the tune of "Come home and face some music, you fucking grub." That was a general <laughs> vibe.
1: <laughs> so, also, some balls to say Happy Independence Day. Oh, yeah. And you're in England. <laughs> the- <laughs> Fucking thick skin,
0: Vijay. Fucking wild. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the incident, right? We're, in, we're talking Bangalore, the uh, Silicon Valley of India, the garden city, the vegan capital of India, etc. 35-year-old English model Sarah Hannon was flying Kingfisher Airlines from Bangalore to London and uh, got maggot and fell asleep. Why not? She didn't appear any on our Models times. episode, mainly because I didn't fucking find her, but uh, she wasn't the major perp in this story in any case. She woke up from her slumber, and and who's performing a sex act on her boyfriend, Daniel Melia? It's only Guinness heiress and socialite Claire Irby under a blanket, stripped down to her knickers and repeatedly press a call button demanding more booze until the crew intervened. A catfight has ensued, naturally, and... Uh, it's unknown to me
1: whether or not Claire Irby's two-year-old son, who was on the plane... What? Hold on. Is this... Hold on. Is Claire Irby... Claire Irby's not the model. Claire Irby's the Guinness heiress. Yeah, and socialite. Thank you very much. And socialite. Sorry. I don't want to forget that integral part of yeah, her she's... life. Yeah, socialite. she's... Socialite.
0: Um... He was on the plane at the time. I don't know if he was screaming at the fracas or at his mum, rooting someone who wasn't his dad. But... uh <laughs> He was screaming at something. And the crew didn't. Oh, like the it.
1: terrible twos. The terrible <laughs> twos, you know what I mean? They're, my son's gone through it. They'll just crack the shits over anything. You don't peel an apple right, you fuck a stranger. They will just kick off. Well, his
0: um his
1: his dad, Graham, was back
0: in Goa on one of those long term self exploration situations as some yoga pervert types tend to spend their fucking whole lives achieving but um Claire's now ex-husband Graham uh Frith he was a poor man married to a rich woman which is not traditionally a good combo as is showcased here for the next five or so minutes
1: I would love to see times where that's worked out well I don't you'll you'll search pretty fucking hard for that to work out rich woman married to a poor man and it goes well no nah, I mean over it's... under I'm setting the line at 20 <laughs> And I'm still back in the under. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, you'll struggle to find any. Like filthy, filthy rich. You, you
0: meet, you know, the odd lucky bastard. His wife has a high powered job, makes heaps of cash. Good on you. They work out. But uh, I'm talking like this sort of money. No fucking way. Graham Frith, right? He lived in a beach bungalow for six months of the year in Goa. And in between oh. that, he had to return to Britain to tend to the property business he'd started with the proceeds of a compo payment for an industrial injury, otherwise known in his native Cleethorpes, Lincolnshire, where he was a fridge fitter as winning the fucking lotto. (laughs) So, I mean, the gaping chasm between their backgrounds was a concern to the aristocrats, obviously. Nevertheless, though, these two, when they met in India, they bonded over their mutual love of music, in particular... James Blunt's music. And Ooh. even though Claire once dated James Blunt, Claire and Graham agreed somehow that it wouldn't be too fucking creepy to name their future son James
1: after James oh.
0: Blunt. So they did it. That's what we're looking at here.
1: Is that a is that a bloke uh worried about losing, you know, <laughs> losing the jackpot? <laughs> that he has stumbled upon, which is a Guinness heiress. Yeah. (laughs) Why do you want to name him after the bloke you rooted? Who's more famous and richer and probably better looking than me? Yeah. Bucket, why not? You don't want to rock the boat. Man, insane. Graham's father,
0: right? Leslie Frith, when this was all going down, said to his son, I hope your relationship is strong. A baby doesn't make the relationship work. Followed later on with, I was right in the end when they (laughs) broke up. Nothing like a bit of I told you so to your own flesh and blood is there. But I think it's fantastic. I mean, I, felt, I get uh, to do it now with oh, my yeah. son.
1: Don't fucking touch that. <laughs> Don't fucking touch. See Look what's happened. Told you. Great. I yeah. can only assume how much better that would be at an age where they actually understand the concept.
0: Oh, very satisfying. Don't do it.
1: I, for one, say this phrase an awful lot
0: to people. i will probably stop short of trundling it out over a failed marriage. Fucking hell. <laughs> Followed by a bitter custody battle.
1: Hey, but the dad the dad did warn them. I, I do find that funny. I've had some mates. I'm, I'm sure you're in the same boat, Heggy. You've had mates that are in just some of the worst relationships of all time and you go, nah, it's all good. Ah, she's pregnant now. So having a kid, that'll be great. You go, man, you know how you are already angry at each other? Well, now add sleep deprivation in. Plus oh, yeah. a person that they like even more than you in the house.
0: Fuck yeah, and poverty. Puts a great strain on everything. I reckon I reckon old old uh Leslie probably rolls into court during the proceedings to offer moral support and every time his son looks at him he exhales loudly and raises his eyebrows. A sort of unspoken I always maintain that, that that you're a dickhead son. You know.
1: Did he get a good payout? Absolutely oh, not. He got he got Sorry guys, they're throwing kettlebells upstairs now. <laughs> oh, even I heard that one. <laughs> did he did he get a payout? Sorry, that's what I wanted to know. Did he did he pull off the Kevin Fetter line? The very rare. No, he didn't. didn't he got he, frosted out. Do you, you know K. Fed? I know. Is he?
0: He was married to someone famous, singer Britney Spears, someone like that. Britney Spears. Yeah. yeah. But he, I mean, he obviously had a bit of money behind him anyway. You can't come in with zero. You you don't go as a fridge fitter, up against a fucking billionaire family and come out with anything. I mean you gotta if you're gonna come into a fight against billionaires, you can't have a starting position as a fridge fitter who lives in Goa with not much money. It's not gonna work out. So no, he got frosted out, done, gone. Um When they when they had James Frith though, a couple of days after the birth, Claire let her hair down by boozing and smoking pot and having darts and he protested, which is a mistake. Hell. Um Sweet baby James was only 10 days old that Christmas. The same festive season, Claire Herbie's gift to her husband, Graham, was a knee to the balls. Ruined Christmas.
1: If you'd asked me um, who was going to do this after the baby was born, the fridge fitter or the wife... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, (laughs) I would have probably guessed the fridge fitter. Who knew he was going to be the one trying to do the right thing? Well, you would, but he's not a fridge food
0: anymore. After his compo, he went to Goa and uh, became enlightened. Oh. I assume violence is sorry, out the of the picture. Um, her family, uh, they got the beautiful bouncing baby boy's birth certificate changed, which is a process reserved for old money types. So Graham was completely cut out then. They changed his fucking name.
1: Off his own son's birth certificate? Yep. So uh,
0: a bunch of... a bunch of Sort of... <laughs> Things had turned sour by this wow. stage. Leslie was correct; the baby didn't fix the relationship, and uh, you don't meet too many Leslies who are wrong about that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> a, a bunch of aggressive <laughs> fights later, her parents took her back to England with with beautiful baby James, and uh, she's flitted around doing fuck all. Next thing you know, she's under a blanket in a red Grundy's getting fiddled with by a complete stranger on a plane. So, makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: does make you think. Kingfisher Airlines, their motto is is holding up here.
0: Yeah, so far, so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. What is it? King of good times? Yeah, king of good times. People are rooting in the sky. Not only are they rooting in the sky, they're asking for more drinks while they're rooting in the sky.
0: Pretty good, yeah.
1: <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and getting them. Yes. How did this fucking thing go under? Yeah. Anyway, does <laughs> think make you to- think...
0: When they got to Heathrow, right, the boys in blue have got on and arrested all three of them. Gross indecency for two and drunkenness on an aircraft for all three. So um, Hold on.
1: What, the, what the, the girlfriend of the bloke?
0: Yeah, she was who drunk. Who was
1: getting cheated on. She got
0: arrested. She did because she was drunk and she, when she woke up, she started a cat fight. Fair enough. Over this dickhead. Yeah, it is fair enough. Sarah Hannon is the one you're talking about, the, the model. Um, arguably the victim in this whole scenario, got let off with nothing, and fair enough. Finally, we see some justice in the skies. She's still modelling, Sarah, and in the all-inclusive world of modelling, she's moved on to window furnishing ads and the like, which are reserved for the illustrious female mature category of model.
1: What, what
0: What sort of category is that? Window female mature. Oh, she's doing, like, ads for, you know, window furnishing and shit like that, cushions target stuff like that. Uh, it's a real okay. Mature is such a fucking insult. I mean the word immature has always been oh. an insult. Mature is even worse, I reckon. Over 40, mature. Yeah. Sounds yeah. dodgy. <laughs> no good. Yeah. <laughs> the, um the other two, right? They have faced court for their
1: shenanigans. And my favorite my favorite by the way, yeah. uh models complaining about that when they male and female models get to a certain age and just go oh it's bullshit. This yeah. thing's all about youth. What about real people? You go, hey, when you were cashing all those fucking checks when you were young, yeah. pushing older people out of their work, was that, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't your view on it then?
0: Oh, they're not ones to look for the future, these people. They, yeah, they're like, oh, I hate the world of objectification. Do you? Because you're ugly like the rest of us now. Is that why? See past your own fucking nose. Try writing an enlightened book like that Australian one did trying to tell us all to be our best selves and shit. Who's that one? <laughs> the one who oh, married Orlando Bloom at one stage.
1: Oh, Miranda Kerr?
0: Miranda Kerr. She's fucking telling everyone, just wake up and be the best you you can be and then slip 16 hours and have a nutritionist and a dietitian in a fucking mansion. So the other two, right, Daniel Melia and Claire Irby, they've faced court for their shenanigans and fucking cop this for a loophole, right? And you don't get access to these as a regular citizen. Of average income. Claire Ruby comes from big cash, banker style, old money, sort of unironic Rolls Royce ownership, that sort of shit.
1: Yeah, Guinness Heiress. Yeah. Um Guinness Heiress, that you know what I hate about the fact that she's a Guinness heiress? Being the heiress of Guinness would mean you probably never fucking touched it. Yeah.
0: Oh, she's not the heiress. She's not gonna earn Guinness. Like there's a big it's a big family. She's part of the branch of family tree. Yeah. That touches on Guinness. Just okay. a whisper of Guinness. There's other shit involved yeah. though. The um the judge ended up ruling, right? It's all banking and shit, like old Etonian banking uh. bullshit. Um the judges ended up ruling that it had to be proven that Claire was still drunk when she entered British airspace. Sneaky rich person lawyer stuff. So that of course couldn't be done. Oh. Sick. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, of course. So they they threw the case out. And Daniel, the dirty little fucking comb forward, oasis looking germ of a man, had a uh, had a bit of a low rent lawyer, who heard that, and said, "Oh yeah, well we'll change from guilty to not guilty. We'll have a whatever she's having. Thanks very much. Case closed." He just not bad for one of those fucking grubby English pricks who almost certainly has decks in his bedroom. This guy, you should see him. <laughs>
1: Bedroom decks. Oh, Fuck me. You know, it's fucking. That's yuck.
0: You get on the tube in London, it's just rampacked with these pricks. They're still somehow trying to look like Oasis and and they've got their cheap suits and fucking they just <laughs> look like private schoolboy shit. Just fucking pricks. Daniel Melia describes himself as a postgraduate philosophy student,
1: uh, <sighs> which I don't even really know what that now, means. Just quickly, we've spoken, there has been a lot of pivoting. In this episode, a lot of pivoting. Yeah. People pivoting in different ways into different businesses, different you know, getting out of certain things. In the best pivot I've heard this episode is from that lawyer who just went guilty. Fuck that, not guilty. That oh, thing, yeah. that Pretty airspace good. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fucking awesome. Very good. That's a good pivot. Oh, it's an excellent loophole.
0: That he didn't even have to think of himself. He just happened to be in the <laughs> within earshot of a rich lawyer. Who sorted it out? Um, <laughs> do you want to hear a bit of Claire Irby's resume? Oh,
1: of course. You got the ding already. The bet. Oh, first. get yep. Is it? Fuck. But, is it better than Sid's? Yeah. It is actually.
0: Uh, we're looking oh. at mother of one. That's in there. That's number one. Former stockbroker. Teacher. Worked backstage at shows in London Fashion Week. Weird, but... They <laughs> don't just let any young rich woman get a job like that. Christie's Jury Department. Oh. Acting. And estate agent in Notting Hill, no less.
1: Oh, and real estate agent? Yep. She's done it.
0: Her <laughs> her dad, right, old Etonian banker Paul Ashen is descended from the Guinness Brewers. While her stepfather yep. is the grandson of a baron. Her <sighs> late grandfather, Robert Henderson, was chairman of Kleinwart Benson Trop private bank, maybe in charge of hiding <laughs> Nazi loot. I don't know. Not for me to speculate, is it? Um <laughs>
1: Her, her other. I love when you hear about banks. You know it's a. You know it's for rich cunts when there's no TV ads. You know. Oh yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Is that a bank? Yeah. I remember when I mentioned. I mentioned on that previous episode that I used to work at a law firm and I used to have to do banking, and um, as a part of my mailroom duties. And I remember once getting handed some checks and I got told go to fuck whatever bank it was. And I went there and showed the teller at the bank, and they're like, fuck, we I've never seen anything like this. What is it? And I went back to the office and said, what's going on? I went to blah, blah, blah bank, and they said, no, 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 you've got to go to the private to whatever. fuck, I forget what bank it was, but that bank had its own private. Yeah, side. right.
0: That's And yeah. I didn't
1: even know, like it's a bank with no bank frontage. you yeah. got to open a door and walk into a place and go, fuck, this is nice. Hand the stuff over. They knew exactly what they were dealing with there. Oh, yeah.
0: Don't need publicity. Don't seek it. Above it. That's what they're like. but these
1: these aren't your Dolomites account types,
0: (laughs) no. Claire Irby's other grandfather, Carl Asham, served Britain in WW2 in his native Sweden and in 1945 helped hunt down some close associates of none other than Adolf Hitler. That's what she's descended from. Carl, sadly, died in 2008 at 102. Good night, sweet prince. Gone too soon, etc. A mere six months... There we go. Carl died a mere six months before realising the fruits of his wartime efforts, fighting for the rights of the youth to give gobbies to slumbering, drunken strangers' <laughs> boyfriends in the night skies under a blanket, otherwise known as Freedom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he probably flew a plane that didn't even have a fucking roof on it, let alone a bed that you could <laughs> recline <laughs> while fucking a stranger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I,
0: don't, I don't quite know what's what's happened to Paul Graham Frith, but he probably whiles away his days now staring at the ceiling with James Blunt playing on his Discman. Who knows? <laughs>
1: Drinking Guinness straight out of a can, like a fucking fridge fitter. <laughs> There's been a lot of a lot of
0: players in this story. None of them, <laughs> none of them great,
1: except for poor Sarah Hannon.
0: There's always, you know, some someone you like, some character in an irredeemable story of fuckheads. There's always someone who's all right. The rest of them, yuck.
1: Well, Graham, if you told me that he's, if you would just told me early on that Graham, you know, got wiped off his Son's birth certificate, and then his missus are cheating on him on a flo I'd be, I'd be like, fuck, Graham is the biggest victim in this. And then you find out he's moved to India to find himself for six months yeah. of the year. Yeah, plus lets her name the kid after the last bloke she rooted, who was famous. And I fucking hate Graham now. <laughs> Spineless <Yeah>. cunt. <laughs> Have a fucking crack, Graham. Yeah, <laughs> you got that far. You've gotten that far. You know what I mean? Like oh. what Is <laughs> it he's, he's gotten so far in life. He's he's with the he's one with one of the Guinness heiress. He's with the Guinness yeah. heiress. They've got a child together and he's living in India on her dime. If he, whatever the attitude was that got him that far, he should have stuck with that. He didn't whimper his way to that. Yeah, Fuck I right. don't know.
0: I think it I think it was fairly rocky from the start. She wasn't, you know, the mm. model child. But um his uh, fridge-fitting compo is hopefully seeing him through these days so he can still afford yeah. uh, whatever the fuck you do in Goa. Yeah. Yoga, I assume. Yeah. Tempting like, to start if, yeah. a cult, fucking that sort of business. Perversion. <laughs> anyway, well, if, that's she,
1: if she's punching bongs before the baby's had its first ever bath. Yeah. You're probably right. Wasn't off to a great start. That brings us to the end of another episode of Mid Flight Brawl. You know what? You know who the victim is here, Heggy? I just realised. Who? Us and everybody else that never got to fly Kingfisher Airlines because it sounds like a fucking great time.
0: <laughs>
1: King of good times, no less. We've done it. It's 2020 and we've turned it into we're all victims. <laughs> <laughs> Victimhood's like a bad decade.
0: Fuck yeah. I'm a victim. <laughs> we're all victims. Good night, victims. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. All right, mate. Take it easy. See ya.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Mid-Air Brawl. This is our very first episode. Heggy, you're already shaking your head. It's mid-flight brawl, dickhead. Oh, fucking hell.
0: Okay, ready to go the clap. Hang on, sorry. Fucked it. Clap. Makes you think, doesn't it?